Y estamos acá en la cancha, estamos en el Bernabéu, donde viene Messi, viene Messi con la pelota, lo ve a Ronaldinho, pide, la pide, Ronaldinho, la pide, Ronaldinho, gol. 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 Gentlemen, senoras y señores, welcome back to the Golazo Football Podcast with yours truly, DTG. You know how it is, you know how the thing goes, you know. Um, you know, another disclaimer, I feel like I do this often with you guys ever since I've taken over, but another quick apology. Um, as you guys know, it's September, um, back to school season. Um, if you guys could recall, I am... A pretty young lad, you know, young lad trying to make it out here in this crazy world we live in. I, I'm in school myself, um, in college, just to specify. Um, I just had um, my first two weeks of school, so that's why you haven't heard my lovely voice over the uh, international break, which is just about coming to an end. And club football has been um, coming back starting today. And tomorrow, you know, of course, with the big leagues coming back, such as the Prem, La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga, you name it. However, um, yeah, I just haven't been on for the past week or so because of school and um, and work as well. You know, I, I'm a pretty busy guy, so I may have to change around the schedule. Just a quick uh, disclaimer right there um, of when I upload these these episodes of our lovely little podcast we got going on here. So, I will keep you guys updated via social media, via the podcast. I'm It's still up in the air as to when I will be doing weekly episodic episodes of this lovely little program. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if I'll be following Wednesdays anymore, depending on work and school and whatnot, you know. Um, thankfully enough, over this international break, there was no club football, as we all know. Therefore, don't worry if you... If you think you won game week four of FPL for the Mundo Fantasy League, don't worry. The scores are still here until tomorrow. Tomorrow is when game week five starts. There's no Friday fixtures today on Friday, um, September 13th. So, yeah, you know, um, game week four is still here, even though this was about two weeks ago now. And congratulations to Viking. That's the name of the team run by Charlie Sims. 89 points, that's massive for uh, game week 4. I say massive because I struggled quite heavily on game week 4 myself. Um, I will say a mistake that I did make was trust in Manchester United. Um, and uh, and then Aston Villa as well. Aston Villa did, uh, did let me down in the last fixture. Um, but no, it's it's fine. You know, it's, 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 all, it's all part of FPL. And, of course, my captains, Sterling and Salah, you know, underperformed that weekend. But 
yeah, you know, it's all it's all part of the game, so it's all good. I fell um underneath the average point tally mark of fifty seven, while um Charlie over here got eighty nine points. So Charlie Sims, congratulations, you were the winner of game week four of the Mundo Fantasy League, and you, my friend, have yourself fifteen Mundo credits. Um, now if you guys remember, I did mention that we are gonna make a leaderboard, but as I told you, um, it's been so hectic, um, for me for the past two weeks or so, you know, um, trying to get my sleep schedule back, because this summer was just a crazy summer for me personally, um, trying to get my sleep schedule back on track to, like, focus on school, school itself, you know, and, um, my updated work schedule, it's been, it's been pretty rough, I've had, um, very, very little free time, um, to do my own thing, so, yeah, uh, that's, that's that, and I know Andres as well is busy as well, uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna reveal just yet why he's a busy man. Um, but if you guys could go on his social media and just surprise him with, um, uh, it's at Coach underscore Andy thirty two. Just go on his Instagram and just say congratulations. Just say that. <laughs> just to throw him off guard, he's gonna be like, oh, what are all these people saying congratulations for? So no, um, he hasn't been able to make the edit yet. I mean, I haven't told him how I want it to look like, anyways, but. Just drop it right there, because he's a pretty busy guy, and I know that's going to make him smile. <laughs> so, um, but no, back to reality. Back for what you guys are all here for. Enough chit-chat about personal life stuff, yada, yada, yada. Um, well, I didn't mention about FPL, but that's okay. I still have to update my team. Actually, uh, yeah, I do, actually. I didn't make a change. Oh, God damn it. Wampasaka's injured. So, if you guys have Wampasaka, change him, because I got to change him, too. <laughs> um... But no, uh, this episode, I have a few things to get off my chest, because um, quite a few things happened over the international break. Um, you know, frustrating, frustrating things did happen over this international break. Uh, if you guys can already guess what I'm talking about, um, you guys are long-time listeners then. Um, there was a certain fixture that really, really, really got on my nerves. Um, regarding a national team. And, yeah, if you guys know, I'm, I'm from Costa Rica, so who did Costa Rica play? We played Uruguay, we only lost 2-1 at home, wasn't a bad performance. That's nothing, that's nothing, you know. Although there is something about Costa Rica that did annoy me, but it's not about the team performance itself. My anger right now, it's about the United States men's national team. Losing 3 nothing. At MetLife Stadium here in New Jersey to Mexico. Now, it's one thing if you lose, but it's another thing if you get embarrassed on home soil. Like, like what? Why, why do you let that happen? You you know how many people look forward to this match, and you just <laughs> and you still decide to let us down, like. I don't care if you lose giving 110 fucking percent. But if you're losing to your rivals, 3 nothing, getting demolished at home, what does that tell everyone else? Like, what does that tell everyone that's looking towards the future, you know? With these youngsters like Josh Sargent, Boyd, Morris, Miles Robinson, Serginho Dest. Like, what is he going to think? He, he can, he's eligible to play for the Dutch national team, and now... He's probably looking around and he's like, what am I playing with? What is this shit? Like, Serginho Dest 
has literally just got promoted to the Ajax first team yesterday. Congratulations to uh, the young, hopeful to be staying in American international, Sergino Dest. Um, was pretty impressive at the uh, U20 World Cup. And did play, in, um, play a part in Ajax's uh, UCL qualifying campaign. Where they had to go to the qualifying rounds and the uh, playoffs. But it's concerning because... Yes, he didn't make his international debut. It's a proud moment, you know. You know how players, they just put generic messages on. So proud to finally have represented my country. Oh my god, yada, 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 you know. A dream come true, childhood dream come true, yada, 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 etc., etc. But that could just be his agent talking. I'm not saying he's not a genuine boy like that or a genuine guy. But when you have the Netherlands who on an amazing rebuild mission who are going to qualify for the first tournament in well yeah in the form of Euro 2020 since the World uh World Cup 2014 actually yeah I was about to say 2018 but they weren't even there they're on a massive rebuild with amazing youngsters as well such as Frankie de Jong Matthias de Ligt Daniel Malin um Memphis Depay hitting his prime right now same could be said for Virgil van Dijk Jasper Sillison a daily blint, a veteran in that in that uh, rejuvenated Dutch team. The only survivor, I'm pretty sure, from the 2014 World Cup alongside De Vrij, who, who can't even get a game in for the national team, and Sillison as well. But that's the thing. Sergino Dest is a left back. And then you have someone like Daily Blint, someone who has lost his legs, <laughs> Because of age, you know, he's aging, he's 31 years old, he doesn't have that much left in him, he's, he probably could push push to make it for the uh, 2022 World Cup, but at this rate, it's looking like Euro 2020 will be the curtain call in his international career, you know, depending on how he feels. After that, there's going to be a void in the left-back position for the Dutch national team. And who happens to be a left-back? Sergino Dest. Now, you might look at that and say, hmm... Play for this crap USA team or go represent the Netherlands who have a genuine shot of winning an international tournament. Whether that be in the form of a Euro or a World Cup. A World Cup may seem far-fetched, but you never know. My problem is... Another problem I have with this is people calling already Burhalter out, Greg out. Now, I do understand the frustration with Greg Burhalter calling up his Columbus boys. Uh, I was a big fan of Wilchap. I believe he was one of the best players in um, in our interim coach phase with Dave Sarachin after we failed to qualify for the World Cup. Throughout, throughout the course of 2018, um, I, I believe he was one of our better players. Wiltrap was, you know sensational in the midfield he led us in those dark times because i'm being honest with you those were those were horrible times as an american fan not being in the world cup that that hurt you know i just i'm sorry i'm so i'm finally frustrated thinking of it i just don't understand how the performance levels of will track could just like plummet so badly 
from a from a really good solid 2018 with the national team to just like whew, this, this entire year he's been shit could he couldn't get secure a starting place at the gold cup like oh my gosh when michael bradley is starting over you in the national team that's how you know <laughs> you're that's how you know you've hit a pretty low level like oh my god <sighs> and it's so and it's so aggravating because I defended Will Trap. I said and I always said the best will come. He's there's there's a player in there. He's he was wanted in Europe not too long ago. From his performances in 2018 alone, he was attracting attention from the Eredivisie, from the Belgian league, and from the Bundesliga, from the lower Bundesliga teams. Of course, not like a giant team, but still, I just. <sighs> It just made me look like a fool defending this guy, saying that there's a player in there. Why? And I there there is a player in there, but if he's not, but if he's not performing, don't play him, don't play him, don't put him on, don't start him, don't call him up if he's not performing well. Even his performances for Columbus has dipped. <laughs> oh my gosh! So I can get I I do understand the frustration with someone like Will Trapp. Another Columbus boy that's got me frustrated. Now, this man I do not defend. This man, when I was younger, maybe in 2014, 2015, I said, yeah, he's the future. Nah, nah, get this man far away from the U.S. men's national team setup. Far away, please. Please get him. I don't want him. I don't want him, no. If we qualify, and I'm saying as a big if, because I'm still I'm still iffy, you know. If we qualify for the 2022 World Cup, because you know after the 2018 incident, I I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't qualify again. Chiazzi <sighs> Zardes, this is the man I'm talking about in question. Chiazzi Zardes. <laughs> you know how you guys know how I've said in the past Josie Altidore is a fucking donkey. This guy a slightly less heavy donkey 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 is <laughs> still a donkey nonetheless. Yeah, he might have found some decent form at Columbus last season. But again, that was under Greg Burhalter when Columbus had a decent season. Reaching the um, reaching the second round of the MLS playoffs because they beat um they beat DC United yeah in the first round and then they faced the New York Red Bulls and then they just lost to the Red Bulls but still oh my gosh <sighs> Zardes for the national team I don't care how good he does for Columbus he's just one of those players who can't deliver. When it matters for his country. Oh my goodness. To think this man was wanted in Europe. Not too long ago. A few years back. I remember. There was talks between LA Galaxy and Sunderland. Obviously Sunderland was still in the Premier League. But could you imagine JSC Zardes playing the fucking Premier League? That's a fucking. Oh my. That would have been worse than when Josie Altador was there. Oh my god. This man. I'm going to tell you the problem with this man. 
he he plays like a pussy. Honestly, I, I'm sorry. I hate using profanity on the podcast. I'm not a fan of it, honestly. But this man just plays like he's scared. He's not aggressive enough. He he gives the ball away, and he's and he's okay with it. He's just okay with it. I don't understand. Like you're playing for your country. Who who does that? Who does that? Honestly. Oh my god. And then, bro, just just play Josh Sargent now. Make him the starter. He's gonna get even more game time for Werder Bremen this season. Claudio Pizarro is old. He's not gonna play forever. Come on, just play him. I feel so bad for Josh Sargent. Not getting proper game time with the national team. Not getting proper game time for Werder Bremen when he's proven he can score against opposition like Leipzig. Josh Sargent is too good for the Bundesliga 2 where Werder Bremen's second team plays. He crushes that division. If you're not going to play him, send him out on loan. Don't, don't put him on the bench. And don't put him on the bench with the national team either. We have no other better option than Josh Sargent. And now, watch that I say that. Watch. Next international break, we're going to call him Altador. <laughs> it would have surprised me. It would have surprised me. Oh my gosh, and I, I feel bad for Josh in the sense that he barely gets the game time, and when he's given golden opportunities, just miss the penalty, you know, it's it happens. I, I love Josh Sargent, I'll, I'll defend him, but nah, not Zardes, nah, I've had enough of J.I.C. Zardes, I hope he doesn't get another cap, this man drives me insane. I'm not going to say Greg Barhalter out. I'm just going to say, stop calling up Columbus boys. Call up more people who deserve to be called up. Resolve any issues with Darlington Nagby because, as DeMarcus Beasley has said, yes, DeMar- D. DeMarcus Beasley, probably one of the best fullbacks in in the history of this country, one of the best players this country has ever produced, has stated Darlington Nagby himself. Remember, these guys have played on the national team together before. He has said himself, of the current pool of American players, he's the most technically gifted player. And, I'm sorry, I, I, I mean, him and Pulisic are up there, but Pulisic, you know, is a winger. I, I'm pretty sure, in the sense that when he says technically gifted, he's also referring to the most complete all-round player. And, yeah, agree to disagree, some may say, but, as I've seen on social media, but... I agree. I think Darlington Nagby is a difference maker. Call him up instead of Wiltrap. Put him in the midfield with Weston McKinney. We've barely seen that. Try it. Please, just try it and see what happens. I don't even remember when was the last time Nagby played for the country. It's annoying. It's, It's just a lot of things wrong. I mean... People like Tim Ream don't play for this fucking country again. Just get the fuck out. I'm sorry. The only the only defenders I want in that fucking backline are Reggie Cannon, still a good right back. Um, Torgino Des, I need. We need him in there. Aaron Long is a decent player. I think he gets too much hype occasionally. 
that's just the inner New York City football club fan in me. But I still think he he obviously still has something to offer there. And for the for another defender I take in there, probably yeah John Brooks one hundred percent honestly he's like one of our best American players according to FIFA as well he is the best American player on FIFA. Him and Pulisic, um, it's hard to argue that, but you know it's. He's a pretty good defender. Uh, the other defenders I take in there is DeAndre Yedlin. Um, who else can I take in there? Miles Robinson has been pretty good. Although I would put him as like a right mid of anything. Matt Miazga. He's been he's been pretty solid at Reading this season. Yeah, as for the keepers, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with the keeper setup. Just. Brad Guzan could just retire already for all I care. Another wanker there. Um, I have to say I feel bad for Zach Steffen. He, he, he took a lot of abuse from the Mexican fans. You know, with the usual puto chance. But um, shout out to my friend Jimmy on this one. Who was actually at the game. Um, he was getting a lot of abuse hurled at him in trash, hurled at him. If you guys aren't aware, I've been to a few Mexico games in my lifetime against Costa Rica, and um. Yeah, the fans don't play around. They'll literally throw cups of piss. You know, um, it's not. It's a very common thing um, to happen in Central America. According to my parents, who've gone to many Saprissa La Liga games and um, other Costa Rica international fixtures back in Costa Rica when they were st- when they still lived there before I was born, it's a common thing in Central America and Mexico as well for um, plastic cups or like, you know. Um, the beer cups that they serve you at the stadium, like once they're finished, you just take a piss in them and you just fling them. So it's a it's a common occurrence, or like the stadium food, or just any trash you have on you, just to fling it at opposing fans or or opposing players. You know, um, my friend Jimmy did tell me they get a little bit out of hand. He had to leave the game early from um, with his father. It was it's pretty bad, you know. Um, it happens from time to time. There's a line between banter and just that, just that kind of stuff. Um, my friend Jimmy also got into a fight with a few Mexican fans who kept calling him a faggot, you know, like using derogatory language towards him in front of his father. Um, so, yeah, I do I do feel for Zach Steffen and my friend Jimmy as well in that case that no, nobody really deserves that. I know it's a rivalry, but there needs to be some more respect on the line. There, like That can't keep happening from the Mexican fans. I'm sorry, but like it happens way too often. With you guys, uh, yeah, with you guys, the Mexican fans in, in stadiums, yeah, in stadiums, not just against the USA, but in general, it gets a little bit out of hand. I think there needs to be a fine line between banter and just rivalry. You know, that just takes it way too far. But um, but yeah, as as far as stepping up the security goes, I think that's. With that being said, let me just continue back on who I how who I would keep in the U.S. setup. Um, Will Trap. Until he rediscovers some good form, out the team. Um, Dwayne Holmes, you know, from Derby, pretty good player. Alfredo Morales, um, he played pretty, he played, he was, he had a decent game. He's, he's had a pretty, pretty good start to life in the Bundesliga with Stefan at, uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf. Um, Sebastian Legette is a player that could deceive you sometimes. Rolled on is obviously one I always keep in there. Um, Paxson, Palmy Cal, um, we have to see, I have to see more of him, um, 
McKinney obviously is in there. Um, but someone who had a really, really quiet game, Tyler Boyd. Like, that man was just non-existent against Mexico. I'm sorry. I like the guy. I love the guy, but he's got to step up a little bit more. That was just a, a woeful performance. Pariola, um, usually a, hard, a really hard-working player for the U.S. men's setter. I'll give him that, but I want to see more of him, you know. But, yeah, and then we went on to tie against Uruguay in um in a fixture to one one. Um but yeah that was that's that uh on my USA rant. Um before I can continue on my other rant, um let's just go through some other European qualifiers because as you guys are all know, um Euro twenty twenty is next summer. Uh and Euro twenty twenty it's a pretty interesting tournament. It's going to be held in multiple cities, like, um, in multiple countries, like, I should say, rather. You have places like Wembley, Madrid, Amsterdam, Baku, and Azerbaijan hosting it. It's, um, it's just going on a European tour, essentially, and I think that's pretty cool. But, um, nonetheless, to, um, to go through them, you have teams such as Spain making hard work of Romania. Only 2-1, but you know, matter of the match, my guy, my guy, you know who I'm already on talking about. Who's on the Spanish national team that's on Arsenal, huh? That's right, it's Danny Ceballos, man. That's my guy, bro. But, like, thing is, he's on loan. And it makes me sad that he's on loan because, <sighs> tremendous player. He's so good. He's literally Santi Cazola 2.0. Not as good, obviously. Santi Cazola was different gravy, but... <laughs> Can't believe I just said different gravy, but we'll see what happens with Danny Spice's long move. And then you have, for me, one of the one of the best games of the international break. Germany two, Netherlands four. Oh my gosh, what a game! This game was back back to back end to end action. You had Germany taking the lead through Gnabry. I'm so upset about that. <laughs> you know, former Arsenal player right there. Um, then Frankie De Jong scoring his first international goal, making it one one. Jonathan Tall with an own goal. Then Tony Cruz with a penalty, I believe it was. Um, and then you had Daniel Malin, another Arsenal Academy graduate who left the Gunners in pursuit of more playing time. We let him go in 2017 to PSV. Now he's one of the best young talents in the Eredivisie. And then you had Jorginho Wijnaldum putting the icing on top of the cake, making it 4-2. Um... This game was a cracker, like, this, this new Germany setup, you know, I feel like this Germany team are more like, what's a, what's a proper way to put it, um, they're like, I want to say like Spain post-2014, I remember Spain losing to Slovakia, they, they were really bad in the qualifiers following the World Cup, I feel like Germany's gonna go to like, not a rough spell where they won't qualify for a tournament, but they're going to go through a spell where they're just going to be, you know, disappointing at major tournaments to come. I feel like, I feel like Germany will, like, even struggle to, like, make the quarterfinals of a World Cup at this point. You know, this team just looks like, eh. The only genuine world-class player I believe is on this German team is probably, like, Toni Kroos, though. I think Timo Werner is on the verge of becoming world-class. She's been... He had an explosive start to life in the Bundesliga. 
Marco Royce is always is always up there as being potentially world class. Oh, and Joshua Kimmich as well. But the thing is, Joshua Kimmich doesn't play right back for the national team because they have Lucas Klosterman from RB Leipzig, and he's used, and he's been playing uh, midfield for the national team since the World Cup for the most part. And Manu Neuer, I think he's, um, you know, he's going down as far as goalkeeping, pecking orders for the best in the world listing goes. Um, Serge Gnabry has definitely has potential up there. But then you look at this Dutch team. <sighs> oh my gosh. Let me just read you the back line. Daily Blind, we already talked about Van Dijk, De Ligt, and Denzel Dumfries. One of the best and up-and-coming right-backs in world football right now. Jesus, man. Like, this this French team, the midfield. I said this French team. This, this Dutch team. I'm sorry. Frankie de Jong, Georgino Wijnaldum, and Martin Derude from Atalanta. Who are in the Champions League, which we do have to talk about. Martin Darun for me, is one of the most underrated midfielders in Europe. Which is pretty weird, considering I first saw him when he was playing at Middlesbrough in 16-17, and they got relegated. And now this man is one, one a hidden gem in European football. Ryan Bobble literally just got relegated with Fulham, but still gets a game for the Dutch national team, which is pretty funny. Memphis Depay and, and FIFA legend Quincy Promise. And then you have people like Malin on the bench, Luke de Jong. You have Tony Vilhanna, Justin Clivert, Davy Proper of Brighton, who's who is a pretty decent player. Kevin Strutman, Joel Veltman, like these guys, Patrick van Anhold. These guys are all like pretty good bench options. Like, nah, this this Dutch team is something. No, I I I feel like they're gonna make at least semifinals of the of the Euros, man. It's, if you told me. Even two years ago, that Germany would be losing consistently to the Netherlands, even though Germany did get a win on them um, earlier this year. I would have laughed in your face because two years ago, Germany were a powerhouse to be reckoned with, and the Netherlands were a laughing stock. And then you have my guy, <laughs> yeah, my guy, because I think he's one of the goats. Like, I appreciate greatness when I see it. Ronaldo just having a splendid international break, scoring. Four against Lithuania, and once again scoring against Serbia. Like this guy is just—I feel like this guy's gonna be like. Before he retires, I feel like Ronaldo is such an achiever, such a, such a winner. Where he's just like, I'm gonna break as many records as I can before I retire. This guy is literally gonna become, the highest scoring international player of of all time before he retires. I I figure that's a goal of his. Like it's it's hard to imagine it's not. And then you have the Italian national team trying to make their own comeback. Um, I do like this national team setup they got going on here. It's um, it's a pretty decent it's a pretty de decent balance. I would say you have Donnarumma, um, Emerson, Bonucci, Chiellini still there, even though Chiellini is out for six months. Big blow for Juve. I mean, I say big blow. They're literally going to put in Delict in his place. Like, it's no big deal. You have people like Nicolo Barella, who I love. You guys have heard me talk about him with Andres last season. Jorginho. Um, see, let's see how he does under Frank Lampard. Um, probably his best days were at Napoli under Sarri, but we'll see. We'll see what he can do. 
Stefano Sensi, I think, is going to have a breakout season this e this year. Federico Chiesa, don't get me started on how dirty he is. Lorenzo Pellegrini, don't get me started how dirty he is. And then you have Chiro Immobile up top. Alternatively, you can play Andrea Belotti. And then other options are Florenzi, um, Bernadeschi, uh, Alessio Magnoli. This guy, this these guys are just. And that's this. These guys are another dark horse for, or another another underdog shot. I should say for the Euros. I feel like, especially with a manager like um, Roberto Mancini, with tons of tons and loads of experience. Um, you have a team here who can potentially like once again like they did in twenty sixteen at least make the quarterfinals. I don't see why not. Um, it's interesting to see how a lot of these teams who fail to qualify for the World Cup recover. People like uh, teams like Chile making up to the, to, to the semifinals of this year's Copa America. The Dutch team looking like a heavy favorite on the world stage. Italy slowly rebuilding. The USA still shit. <laughs> um, but no, um, it's pretty it's pretty cool to see what happens in these rebuild projects. I feel like. Is these managers are just playing um, FIFA career mode and taking or taking over a national team, and just having their own blend into it after massive failures. But uh, but yeah, another surprising story to me. Did you guys know that even though Qatar are hosting the World Cup, they still have to participate in World Cup qualifiers, because for them that serves as a gateway to qualify for the Asian games or the Asian Cup. Now you see the the whole World Cup in Qatar pisses me off and that just pisses me off even more. Why is a host nation playing qualifiers for a World Cup but even though if they qualify even though if they fail to qualify, they'll still be in the World Cup. Like what? I just hate FIFA man, like <laughs> um I just have to talk about it because we're on the topic of qualif qualifiers, I'm gonna say qualifiers. Qualifiers, um you know, we had qualifiers in Africa and Asia start up. Uh, I'm not sure about Oceania because it's a pretty small province. I, I figure they start pretty late since there's only, there's, since I'm pretty sure there's less than 10 nations in that region. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see, you know, World Cup qualifiers start only a year after the World Cup. It's, I can't wait for the next World Cup. Even though it's in Qatar, then that ruins the vibe, but it's whatever, man. Um. Uh, getting away from international football, I would like to say one last thing to end on it. It was, it was regarding my rant. Um, now the Costa Rican national team. You know, um, which is a laughing stock in this case. I, I'm not gonna go as far as to say like we're just shit like the USA. We are pretty bad, but, you know, we had a pretty good manager in Gustavo Matosas, a serial winner in Mexico. Um, was, you know, a little bit pragmatic during the Gold Cup in the sense that he took it easy in the group stages, took it too easy, and then we lost against Haiti, but then turned on a show against Mexico, and then we almost, we nearly beat Mexico on lucky tools on penalties. But, but yeah. Um... He, Gustavo Matosas resigned from being manager of the national team. Right at, like, in the press conference where he was supposed to, 
announce his uh, players he's called up. Instead of doing that, he literally said, I'm resigning from the job. His, re- his reason being was this. And this made headlines on Bleacher Report, ESPN, and all of the above. He literally said, Oh, uh, I didn't know being the... Now, <laughs> the coach of a national team would be so boring. I'm only with my players for about two weeks max every few months. It's killing me. I need more football. Fair enough for the honesty, for the honesty on his behalf and for, for being so blunt and straightforward. But just fuck off, bro. Like, that's... You just literally, like, made a... You kind of made a fool of yourself and of us, like... Let's just go fuck yourself, man. Like, you, you were a decent manager. Like, just go fuck yourself, honestly. That, that, that really pissed me off. <laughs> like, like, who says that? Who says that shit? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, my gosh. This, uh, enough, enough, enough. Because I'm going to pop a blood vessel. <laughs> um, but no, going back on the topic of club football. Football is back, thank the Lord, because I was going to drive my head insane. I was going to go insane without football this weekend, if I had to go through another weekend of it. We have, as I said, the Premier League's back in action. You have a big game tomorrow in the form of Chelsea versus Wolves. That's a pretty, pretty good game. Dortmund, Leverkusen, Leipzig, Bayern. Come on, Leipzig. Fiorentina, Juve. You have Barca versus Valencia. Like, what else could you ask for? Bro, football is back. <sighs> Sorry, excuse me. That was pretty uh, um, unprofessional of me. I kind of just let out a small burp. <laughs> and then you have on Sunday, the 15th of September, Monaco, Marseille. You have Roma, Sassuolo. Sassuolo, look out for them this season. Batiste, Hetafe, and that's another... On low key, the cracker of a game right there because you guys know how much I love Real Betis and Hitafe after the season they had last year. Watch out for that one. But as far as club football goes, there's a certain competition that's back on, you know, on Tuesday. I'm pretty sure you guys all know what I'm talking about here. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, let me play you um, a quick snippet of what I mean. Uh, if I play this, then it will give it away, but I'm just going to play it anyway because this is... You guys know what I mean. Right here. The champions! Ha <laughs> Uh, you know, I kind of like delayed my speech back there because I was trying to find the video on YouTube because it just kind of came to me to play it. But yes, besides that little um stupid um intro I did to it, the Champions League is back this Tuesday, and it feels great to be back, man. Even though I'm not in it, yes. Arsenal, ha, ha, ha. 
I still love watching the Champions League. I don't care. Um, it kills me because I haven't seen Arsenal in the Champions League since I was 16 years old. I am now I am now uh, 19 years old, and it's pretty crazy to think that um, the next when I was 16, I would have never thought that the next time I could potentially see Arsenal is when I'm at least 20 years old, because we've been in the Europa League for three years in a row. <sighs> anyway, I have a little uh, sigh of uh, frustration right there. So, so apologies about that. You guys know I do that very often. Champions League. One game I cannot look for. I like just cannot wait for. Borussia Dortmund at home versus Barcelona. Wow. And Messi's not going to be there. Or Umtiti is just wow. This is a perfect, this is a really good chance for Borussia Dortmund to turn on the style. I feel like this game could be like Dortmund versus Atletico at home last season. Oh my god, when they tore him apart for nothing. Another cracking game to look forward to is Napoli at home versus Liverpool. Napoli beating Liverpool at the Stadio San Paolo last season. Thanks to an 89th minute Lorenzo Insigne winner. Another game to look forward to is Lyon Zenit. That's another pretty good game to look forward to. Benfica Leipzig. Um, look out for Leipzig this season. I have a feeling that they can be last season's Ajax in this season's Champions League. Speaking of Ajax, they host the returning Lille, who finished second place in League One last season. They haven't been in the Champions League since I was like, whew, like 12 or something. Yeah, since I was like 12 or um, 11. It was the last time they were in the Champions League was they won the league when they had like Jervinho, Hazard, Dimitri Payet, and then they qualified for the group stages like that. But after that, you know, Jervinho left, Hazard left, Payet left. But yeah, it's been it's been a long time in the making for Lille. Um, you know, they, they lost Nicolas Pepe to Arsenal, but... I feel like they can still do something in this group. Yeah, everyone thinks they're going to finish last. But look out for Lille. I think, yeah, they got some there. Chelsea versus Valencia. Um, a little uh, a little prediction I got here is Chelsea will not make it out of the uh, the group containing Ajax, Lille, and Valencia. I feel like they, they'll drop out of it or at least round the 16 at most. No way. Like, there's no way. Um, and then on Wednesday, we have games like PSG versus Real Madrid. My, oh my. Literally. You have Atletico versus Juventus. Oh, like, inject this into my veins, bro. I just, oh, football is back, guys. And, oh, you know, you got the Europa League back with, we're, um, we're going away to Eintracht Frankfurt, two of last season's Europa League finalists, even though we made the final. And Eintracht Frankfurt um, lost Chelsea in the semifinals. We have um, two of the semifinals making it um, to the group stage of the following seasons, Europa League, and facing off against each other. I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, the fact that we both made it so far last season, and we just, you know, placed against each other. I'm happy that we're facing Frankfurt now, and not last season when they still had Jovic, Haller, and Ante Rebic, who is now at AC Milan, surprisingly enough. <laughs> But, to wrap things all up, um, yeah, guys, I apologize once again to, um, 
to those of you who look forward to the uh, Galazzo Football Podcast on a weekly basis. Um, the leaderboard will be out. I promise you that. Um, and also, guys, uh, as you guys know, our social media team, as I said, gave them, has, as I have given them shout-outs in the past, Devin Erlin, they, they're in school as well. Um, they can't do it all on their own. We're a, pre- we're a pretty tight group, um, small group of guys trying to work together. It's pretty hard when, you know, when life comes at you fast. So if you guys are interested in joining up for an internship with Mundo the Football, um, as you guys know, we are an official LLC. You know, we have, by law, we can write letters of recommendations, be a reference, um, you know, not give out scholarships or anything crazy like that, but we're willing to help you guys out, the youth, in any way we can, you know, um, that any way that can help you in the future. So if you guys are interested in an internship, whether it be with social media or on the podcast or assisting in any type of way or form with Mundo the Football, please feel free to uh, reach out at my personal account on any social media platform, at Dave the Goalie. Um, two E's at the end on Twitter, but Dave the Goalie on Snapchat, on on Instagram, go to, like I said, on Coach Andy's account, um, Andres' account right there. Um, go on any of our pages at MDF Merchandise, Moon to the Football, Galasso FP on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, DM us, comment. We'll reach out to you guys. Anyway, any way you guys want to help, much appreciated. We'll help you guys back out in return. So, yeah, uh, to wrap things all up, you guys can listen to us on Spotify, Los Radio, um, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, um, anywhere you can listen to, you know, podcasts, I'm pretty sure, you know, we're, we're everywhere at this point. Like, where are we not at, you know? I mean, we're not on TV, but soon to come. <laughs> uh, thank you guys once again. I'll be back next week with talking about more about UCO. I'm talking about this weekend's results and fixtures and a little bit more about FPL. So thank you guys. I'll catch you next time. This is DTG signing out. Peace.